0: I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. In this third season, I've taken the theme from season one, which was called The Holistic Healing Connection, and merged it with a the theme from season two of The Dragonfly Connection. So now, join me every Wednesday for open, honest, inspiring, and healing conversations with people who faced their own health and life challenges, worked through them, and now are on a mission to help you live a healthier, more fulfilling life. My hope is that each episode leaves you more empowered and inspired no matter where you are on your life and healing journey. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find a holistic wellness professional and resources to help you on your healing journey. That's HealingWaze.com. Are you like me and almost every day just go, what the hell is happening in regards to society, our mental health, our friends, our family? all the things we see, hear, read from social media, news, and podcasts. If so, this is the episode for you. It will explain a lot, a lot about why we're doing the things we're doing, why we're acting the way we're acting, and how to navigate the rest of the year ahead in what is sure to be a very interesting year. Today's guest, Vanessa Kudo, has been a guest on my podcast two other times, and so after listening to this episode, you should definitely go back and listen to the other two she was on, I'll mention them in our conversation coming up to make your search much easier. Vanessa is an archetypal astrologer, mentor, teacher, and artist. In her work, she weaves mythology, depth psychology, and a good dose of practical and grounded common sense to guide us through what she calls threshold phases. Now, when not working or reading, Vanessa enjoys a little escape in British period dramas or history documentaries. She is super smart. She's fascinated with all things medieval history and Jane Austen. She's also a bona fide bookaholic. She's also a travel lover, which she just recently got to go on her first travels in a long time. We'll chat a little bit about that. And she's also an avid podcast listener. In every conversation with Vanessa, whether on this podcast or in general, I always learn something new. And this episode was no exception. I hope you find it as enjoyable hope-inspiring and enlightening as I did. After listening, be sure and check out what Vanessa has going on this year on her website and social media. The links are in the show notes. And thanks again for listening and sharing with your friends. You're the whole reason I keep doing this. And if you could leave a review of this episode or any of the others on whatever platform you're on, that would be super helpful. Thanks to have you on here because I just feel like this is going to be a casual chat with one of my friends who I believe to be one of the smartest people I personally know. So thank you again for being here. (laughs) (laughs) I actually told Logan that last night. I said, so excited to talk to Vanessa. She's like the smartest person I know. (laughs) And I'm always blown away. I just want to remind everybody and remind you, this is your third time on my podcast oh yeah it is okay yeah so you, you were one of my first guests in on season one and your your episode aired November 2019 it was astrology and ancient modality for modern times and then season wow. two which was almost a year ago March 2021 it was purpose
1: quest was oh yeah yeah and- you were the last guest I had when I had a podcast. So. <laughs> I know. And
0: you were one of the people that really kind of inspired me to do a podcast. So is this the year? Are you bringing your podcast Maybe. back?
1: Who knows? I yeah. might. Yeah. I'm still thinking about it. I do okay. want to bring it, but not gelling quite. I'm entering 2022 in a sort of a slow mode. <laughs> like tiptoeing. A
0: little toe in the water. <laughs>
1: I'm like, 2022, do not disturb. Continue your nap. We're not rushing anything here. Yeah, no kidding,
0: right? Well, today is uh, the Lunar New Year. I believe, for me, this is when the year really starts. I take January very slow, typically, but... definitely really slow this month as well
1: um do you know much about Chinese astrology we don't I mean I know what my animal is my sign is Mm -hmm. I know you know my husband's I know that this year's the tiger um Mm -hmm. but that's kind of really it I never really got into it but when I think about the animal itself if I just Mm -hmm. work with the image I mean I think we can play with the associations we have around a tiger. Yeah. You know, last year was the ox, uh, which is my sign. Mm, okay. Much more sort of grounded, I think. Kind of like, okay, I just got to do this. I got to keep going. Yeah. When I think about a tiger, I think about a very skilled hunter. Mm. And so we can play with those associations. Yeah. But you were saying it's... Um, you feel that the year starts now. I've kind of taken your lead on that. And more and more, I feel that, why do we rush in January? It's the, you know, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the dead of winter. Yeah. And I also think about the Celtic um, wheel of the year and the beginning of February is in bulk. Mm-hmm. It's for the for the Christian church is Candlemas. And the word in bulk, they say it's associated with, In the belly, it's when the the ewes, the sheep, the female sheep Mm -hmm. are pregnant, right? They start birthing, lambing season is coming. So new birth is coming. But I like the image of this idea in the belly. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What's in the belly? You know, we had the winter. We had the holiday. We had January. So kind of gestate something. And the other thing I noticed is in the last several years now, or well, at least definitely probably the last three years, we tend to begin the year with a Mercury retrograde
0: mm-hmm.
1: and or, or a lot of retrogrades. And this year we had Venus retrograde. Mercury is about to turn direction. It's still retrograde. So I think this imagery as well of the retrograde is sort of like, don't step on the gas quite yet. You know, mm-hmm. we're in revision time. So I don't understand why, even from a, a weather perspective, why do we feel that January 1st is like, yes, I must do right. all my intentions. I mean, I'm still sluggish from the holiday food. Yeah. And so I think our society... I, truthfully, I think the year should start in March.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> agree know, with when, you.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it should be the beginning of the Zodiac year, which is with Aries. That's when you come out, you know? Yeah. And we should take the Capricorn time of the new year, January, to be about getting down to the foundations, to the structure that we really want. Mm-hmm. where We're not carrying the extra load in. So I really do think January and even maybe February should be times of preparation. Yeah. The other thing that I find interesting about February is for the ancients is the time, I mean, it was a month of purification. It was the time when they would clean their homes out of the, the staleness of winter. Mm-hmm. So interesting. A whole, that's how like it you feels. You, you kind of. Bring forward your spring cleaning to February, you know, Mm -hmm. use this month to clear, to clean, to shake off the staleness of winter.
0: Yeah. I like that. You know, I might, when I said, you know, it's the beginning of the new year, as those words are coming out of my mouth and I've been thinking it all day and I was thinking it yesterday, it it still doesn't feel like it needs to be this huge coming out. I'm changing everything new year, new me. It does feel more like, okay, well now after my period of rest in January, because I do believe like naturally our natural rhythms, like you just talked about in nature, like that's the time of going within and re relaxing. I like that. And then March is my new year. I'm just going to keep pushing it
1: out. out. I don't know why we're rushing. I mean, astrology, you know, born in the Northern hemisphere is extremely tied at Western astrology, tied to the weather, uh, to the climate, to the seasons, Mm -hmm. to the seasons. That's the proper word. Okay. Um, And so I think there's something that is natural that we can think about that. I always say that Mother Nature has been at her job all this time. She's quite the master, and climate change notwithstanding, Mother Nature doesn't skip steps. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She doesn't say late December, early January. She's like, you know, I'm so done. I'm just going to skip right through spring and bring it on. Right. You know, if, if Mother Nature does anything like that, we'll be like, oh, she crazy, right? <laughs> She doesn't do that. And I think we could really learn. I don't care all the technology we have, but in the end, we are beings of this earth and there is a rhythm to things. And I don't understand why we were, we're so caught up with jumping steps, Mm -hmm. skipping steps. I mean,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, well, I think in this society anyway, like in the U S culture and You know, many other Western cultures, it's always about how much more can you do, how much faster can you go? And I think it's crazy. And I hope that if one of the things we've learned in the last couple of years is to tune more into nature and into the feelings around us, and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. I think that's the lesson at least has taught me, and I hope other people have learned that as well. Like it's time to tune in inside into the earth, into the seasons, the energy. Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I think that there's, you know, maybe I, I like the word saunter, you know, mm. to saunter. Yes. It's sort of like, Oh, I'm sauntering. So we could <laughs> saunter into the new year. We don't have to make everything so epic. Yes. I love it. I just, I thought about you at last week, I saw this and I was just like, what are we coming to? Mm-hmm. Um. It was some sort of clinic, and I don't know exactly what they do. Some something in healing. Okay, but they were called hyper wellness, and I'm like, okay, we've reached a whole new low here. <laughs> Epic is bad enough, but hyper. do. I want to be hyper well. No, so as you can tell, yeah, we are. We're not doing too great, and I think this idea of rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at the astrology, and I just like to look at the cycles, Mm -hmm. there is a kind of a rhythm to things. And I I feel that as we're living through a time of many changes happening simultaneously, things coming down, things sprouting up Mm -hmm. at the same time, I think what might be so discombobulating for us as a culture is that it has really shaken our rhythm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think much of our resistance to change, even our even the changes we want to make personally, has a lot to do with our inability or our challenges around finding our rhythm into it. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we take that first step? Again, yeah. back to nature. It doesn't skip steps. Yeah. The moon doesn't go from new to full in one go. It takes days, right? Mm-hmm. To, so I think if we were to take a look at that, how can we bring that sense of rhythm back?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It would help us, I feel in certain ways, protect us, in a way, from the collective insanity where I forgot which poet said this, but you know, the center can no longer hold, mm-hmm. because it's spinning so fast. You yes, know, if you've I've driven a car that isn't very stable, you know what it's like if you keep, you know, stepping on the gas and the speed is going up and up. The car starts shaking. Mm-hmm. If it's not a really, you know, if you're not driving some amazing car that's made for that, your car starts shaking. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have a sense of what's happening now is it's that. Oh, and wow. that is, of course, in affecting our mental health. Yes. Because something is spinning so fast. And you can see this in how capitalism is functioning. It's, it's going so fast. It's, it's, it's not only cancerous now, it's eating itself. It's mm-hmm. cannibalistic. The culture has turned cannibalistic. And um, yeah. So yeah, so I think there's something that for those who are a little bit aware and willing to do this work, mm-hmm. um, to, to hold this tension of the opposites that we're dealing with, Uh, which requires a lot of grounding, Mm -hmm. you know, you're doing it not just for yourself and for your family, but you're actually hopefully your work will ripple out further and help the community. I know I'm jumping subjects all around, but the (laughs) other thing too, I think is, and I've had this pet peeve for a while now and everybody's like, we need change makers. And I'm like, no, we don't change Mm. is happening already. It's well on its way. We need creative makers. Mm. We need those who are going to create the containers, the grounding, who are, you know, going to help themselves and others find a sense of connection and rhythm again. Because even the change we want can be jarring. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we do need a little bit of solace. So I said, let's saunter into the new year. Why are we rushing?
0: I love that. Yeah, so speaking of sauntering into the new year, before we talk about the astrology of 2022, go more into it, uh, you just got back from a vacation and as someone who hasn't left Oregon in almost two years, (laughs) what is it like out there? (laughs) What is it like in the world? You, You just got back from Brazil, you went over to New York for a little bit. Um, how is it traveling internationally again? And, and what's it like in another country?
1: (laughs) So first of all, it was definitely not a vacation. (laughs) Okay. Um, Because first of all, I think traveling to see family, it's not really a vacation. That's true. Um, Well, (laughs) I remember the first day I left and I got to New York and I told my husband, I said, "Oh, I have seen more people in one day than I've seen in the last two. I mean, I do not recommend uh, traveling internationally or anywhere really during a really a pandemic. Yeah. I almost canceled the rescheduled the trip because when I booked, uh, there was no Omicron, and then I traveled in the height of it. Um, yes, you did. So it." <laughs> it does make you be in close contact to your own paranoia of like, Mm -hmm. Oh God, you know, how comfortable am I in these situations? Actually, I hadn't really traveled since 2018, Mm -hmm. fall of 2018. So it was quite a, a long time. And I would say the way I think it's so sad now about traveling is it's been already there. It's not sexy anymore. It's not even enjoyable. And you add a pandemic and the paperwork and the lines, forget physical distancing. That's not happening anywhere in any airport. Mm -hmm. Everywhere it was super crowded because in Brazil, it's summertime Mm -hmm. and it's vacation time. January is vacation. So everybody was traveling despite the Rona. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was it was interesting. Um, it was interesting too to see how another country is dealing with the pandemic. Yes, in Brazil, it is as divided as it is here in terms of pro-vax, anti-vax. It, 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 you know, the president of Brazil is you know, the Latin American Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's quite a sad circumstance. Um, I think the, I would say, the core difference that I was able to notice, and I knew this from being in communication with family and friends, is that Brazilian general as a culture is much more there's a medication for this, let's just take it. Like mm-hmm. there's a vaccine, let's just do it. So that problem is not as prominent. Um, but it's a very social country, so people want to get together, so that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So people are not very vaccine adverse uh or reluctant or whatever we want to say, but mm-hmm. It has been hard on the country. Uh, I was surprised to see, in a way, pleasantly surprised, um, that everybody was wearing a mask walking around. It is hot. Try, trust, trust me, wearing the KN95 in ninety-degree weather, humid, not comfortable. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And everybody, everybody, people were wearing masks and. Uh, There was hand sanitizers everywhere. So I was pleasantly surprised in terms of that. But it's just sad to see how the pandemic has become such a cleaver in cultures separating family and friends. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I kind of see it almost as if it's a real diagnostic of which camp people are leaning towards um Mm. it's a very complicated subject so i i did find hard traveling under Mm. the you know you need more paperwork you have to prove you know you can't enter the country without a vaccine card the test running for the i mean it was easier to get the vaccine than to get the test because it's running out everybody was testing oh yeah but so that added to the anxiety um, mm-hmm. that I had to take a test going, I had to take a test coming back, and you have to pass the test. So it's kind of like, oh my God, if I don't pass this test, you have to stay behind. Mm-hmm. So those things really add to the complexity, stressful. I think. It, yeah, it, it became ha- stressful.
0: When you were done with the traveling part and just in Brazil, enjoying your time with your family and, and friends. How did the energy feel like around you? Did it feel more relaxed? I mean, you were saying the tension's still there, but did you feel it as heavy as as we
1: feel it over here? Good question. It was, um, I mean, on a certain level, it was a, a little, I had to kind of, this is when I kind of felt slightly neurotic myself because mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can't just go woo, you know, because- First of all, my mother is elderly, so I didn't Mm -hmm. want to put her in any danger. There were family members that I couldn't see because they had COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, At that moment, they had just (laughs) gotten. um, So I couldn't see them. Um, I did see people who were in late degree, you know, cancer. So, of course, we had to be cognizant of, like, I didn't want to expose myself too much because I wanted to see them. Mm -hmm. So all that came into being. So there was this level of caution that I did not just go out and about. It I, I really kind of pretty much stayed home a lot. Just okay. being with my mother. But in terms of the sort of the energetics of it of another country, I think while there was the worry about the coronavirus, it wasn't I didn't feel like it, it was I don't know, as neurotic um at times or problematic. Um, but then again, I did avoid watching TV when I was there. <laughs> yeah. Brazil, there was a politician many years ago, many a few decades already said that Brazil is not for beginners. Mm. And I do really feel that as a country and as a culture, it's very complex. Um, and the energy in Brazil maybe has to be in the tropics is intense just in and of itself. Okay. Everything feels I uh, the noises uh, everything sort of it's much noisier. Mm-hmm. People speak louder. Uh, I was all of a sudden my body was suffering from the shock of the difference in weather. You know, yeah. so I go from cold here to like really warm there, and I realized that it's like oh god, talk about not sauntering into a season. It's like smack in in the heat. Right. That really discombobulated me. Um, I like cold weather better than warm weather and so so there was that but Mm -hmm. it also allowed me to observe how if you will the madness of the times Mm -hmm. is really there's no lag time in how it goes to another country yeah Uh, there used to be a time when things would be Kind of happening here in the US and six months later would we'll get to Brazil if you but now it's like instantaneous. The same, in their own way different, but somewhat similar in themes is happening there. Mm, you know, okay. it may play out somewhat differently because of the culture and the history, but there are similarity of issues happening. Mm. So, like I said, although most Brazilians are much more at ease with taking the vaccine, mm-hmm. just in general yeah uh on the other hand, yeah, there's still issues of those who don't want to get vaccinated and, and how that plays it plays mm-hmm. out. So we are seeing that the issues in the world really travel pretty quickly,
0: yeah, yeah, and well, thanks to technology and media mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> definitely so yeah, so let's talk let's talk then about this year well we'll we'll talk you know about the mass psychosis. I, I'm really interested. <laughs> you in this topic. that idea. <laughs> I, I am interested. Well, it is something that really interests me. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. And it's been attached to, you know, like more conspiracy thinking, blah, blah, blah. And so I don't think enough people are, are looking more into this. So that's why I was like, well, you're going to be the perfect person to talk about it. Because you are not, I will just say this, I know this about you. You do not take part in any conspiracy <laughs> theories. And you're just, you're very vocal about it. In fact, what is that you've asked? You can tell something about someone by, if you were to subscribe to a conspiracy theory.
1: Well, I believe two things. Yeah. Well, actually kind of three, but they're always in the same thing. I have this question even for clients that if they were to live a life of crime, what would they do?
0: Yeah. That was one of the first (laughs) things you ever asked me.
1: Talk about a good cocktail party Uh uh, question. But part of the reason I asked that, I think it's important that we are aware of the shadow aspect of ourselves Mm -hmm. because the crime we would commit has a lot to... It's the other side of the coin of the virtue we have. Mm -hmm. Now, in light of that, I also... Because of so many conspiracy theories, I believe that if we were even if we don't think we subscribe to a conspiracy theory, it would be interesting to have an awareness of if there were to be one, maybe Mm -hmm. it's not around yet. What would it be for you? Mm -hmm. You know, what what would be the temptation element in that conspiracy theory, the gateway drug, if you will, that will pull you in, right? Uh So I think it's important for us to know because it shows us not so much perhaps our weakness, but the gap in our ability to critically think about things mm-hmm. that could be our like, Oh, the, Oh, this sounds too, you know, I'm going to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it's important that we have a sense, is it going to be aliens? Is it going to be government conspiracy? Is it going to be the mesh too? two? Mm-hmm. think about it? Look at all the, we have a lot of conspiracy theories. Yeah. Pick your, pick you your can poison. make one up. <laughs> You can, if you were to make your own, you know, uh, yeah. conspiracy theory, what would it be about? What mm-hmm. would be the le- And I think that speaks when you have a bit of an awareness about that. It speaks to where your anxieties might be dwelling,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Now, the other thing I lately I've been thinking about, and this has a little bit more to do if you're a Catholic uh, or a Christian, when you know the seven deadly sins. Mm. I like that idea of seven deadly sins. It gives us a parameter, right? It's not too many, keeps it, you know, easy to count. Right. I think we need to also be aware of what is our set of all the sins, which is the one that really grips us.
0: Mm. You That's know, it's our
1: Achilles heel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think we need to have that kind of awareness um, of what would be the temptation. Mm-hmm. So I think I say this because when I think about the astrology of the decade, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, I'm trying to look at the the, the decade because we we tend to get a little, uh, we think about the year, Mm -hmm. but really it's about a progression. It's a story that's unfolding. So that's part of the issue and say, Oh, 2022 it's as if it has no connection to what came before. And as we're seeing reality, it still does. Mm -hmm. So, you know, back in, a lot of what we're living through now in many ways did start in 2020 and that's not just the virus. Mm -hmm. So there's a historical precedent of the cycle. So I've been calling this decade, the courageous decade, because there are so many shifts the mm-hmm. <laughs> 20s right um yes. because astrologically speaking i mean if you really follow astrology, there's always something happening so it's you know that's that kind of just is but there were some key um astrological um transits, as we call them that happened in 2020 that kick-started a whole new cycle mm-hmm. and it started in january 2020 and these are fundamental cycles. So when planets come together, there's a, a meshing of, an, of, if you will, of energies, of ways of being that plant a seed of something that is still to rise, right? So it's kind of like when you meet somebody new. Let's mm-hmm. say you're looking for a romantic relationship and you go on that first date, that's when you meet. Let's say the relationship, you know, is going to continue, It. It's going to progress, it's going to have elements, but that beginning there gives us a clue of some of the themes of how this relationship is going to unfold. So astrology looks a lot at that. Mm -hmm. And so 2020, uh, uh, I mean, astrologers were, if you were already waiting for 2020 because there's so much about to happen. And then we had 2021 that I, I spoke about as being sort of an integration kind of year. I call 2021 the change and resistance kind of year. It was that p- constant push and pull mm-hmm. right, happening. Uh, largely to do with what I thought was the core astrological signature of the year, which was the square dance between Saturn and Uranus. And then we come into 2022, which is a kind of a, I feel like a somewhat of an integration year. But it starts to shift a bit more towards something else because by mid decade, other planets will shift signs. And whenever they shift, they're very slow moving planets. And this is relevant because if they're slow moving, it means when they arrive in a sign, they stay there for a long time. And this is when you really feel a shift in the zeitgeist, in the trends, what people are thinking and talking about. So, I like to think that we we did a lot. We planted new seeds in 2020. Mm -hmm. Then he got 2021, 2022, 23. This sort of like uh, the new king has taken the the throne, the sovereign, but he's not fully tested yet. We don't know what's happening. There's a sense of knowing that something new is starting while the old stuff is k- kind of crumbling down yeah. so that's the challenge of this decade is old cycles ending with new cycles beginning at the same time so in the, collectively we're in this vulnerable position of you know doors opening doors closing right? mm-hmm. no wonder the collective sense of discombobulation around the world right yeah so there's that mm-hmm. um Just set the tone so i think the way we started 2020 the the decade the decade ends very differently um, because Mm -hmm. so many planets will have shifted signs Mm -hmm. new especially mid-decade right okay planets like uranus um, pluto especially the slowest of them all neptune changing signs saturn changing it's all like oh all of a sudden, this was yesterday's news. We want to do things differently. Mm. So what we're seeing in 2021, and in some ways still 2022, is this, the push and pull between what do we keep of what was traditional, or, but the new thing is not yet you know, fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of anxiety. No wonder, I would say, people are leaving jobs, and they're saying, you know, and back to a pandemic Mm -hmm. in reality just think about it it's about death yeah it's the fear of death and how we deal with the fear of death our individual fear of death gives us a sense of what where our uh, neurosis will come from
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right are we going to respond with i want to have more or am i going to be like you know i don't want to have this anymore i'm leaving it all i'm gonna become a surfer in Hawaii kind of thing all things can happen right Mm -hmm. so I think everybody's actually very triggered by their own fears around death because that's the number one fear in our culture really
0: well yeah and I guess just like you said we're not only it's not only just like the human death that's happening in a pandemic it's the death of what we knew before 2020 and that is that is a death too. I have never thought about that piece of it that much. I was just always like, I'm not scared of death. So, but I still am like many people mourning the things that have died in society and in my life and career and whatnot on top of
1: the deaths of people. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and the new, I, I do think we're going to be able to look back at this time, years from now, and be like, oh, yeah, that's where it started. Oh, yeah. But we're not there yet. We're mm-hmm. It feels like, wh- where has it gone? Right? Mm-hmm. What, what's the new thing? It's still very embryonic in many ways, right? Yeah. So I think that this year, um, 2022, on one hand, so I look at the sort of what I would say, what I think is what catches my eye as in terms of what is the core astrological signature of the year that really kind of sets the tone. And so one of them is what we, we call the union, the conjunction of Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. They only do this every 12, 13 years. The last time they'd come together in Pisces was in the mid-1800s. And what was happening So then? I'm not going to go in. Give some of my listeners, yeah, a little bit of info. What was happening then? Well, I, the thing that jumps to my mind is uh, Tesla and Freud were born mm. in 1856, which was the last time Pisces and Jupiter came together. I mean, Neptune and Jupiter came together in Pisces. Mm-hmm. And I think about Freud, who was well-known, sort of became, jumped on the scene, if you will, with writing about dreams.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He tapped into the unconscious of dreams. And that's very Piscean. That's very Neptune. And Tesla, uh, the unrecognized genius of thinking that you could have electricity sent everywhere. Mm -hmm. Visionaries in their own time. That we're still, despite criticisms, Um, we still look to the work. It was foundational, right? So there's something about Pisces here that sets the tone for the collective vision. So that's kind of an interesting, wherever Jupiter and Neptune come together, it energizes the elements that have to do with that sign into a new vision.
0: Mm -hmm. So when it
1: comes to Pisces, it has a lot to do with dreams, our sense of collective the, the sort of that we're all connected it's the oceanic waters of pisces uh it has to do with creativity art music the spiritual aspect of things this ability to tap into the imagination mm-hmm. so you know new types of movies hollywood is very piscean it's very Neptunian, it's the glamour it's fashion it's the f- the make-believe that feels so real right mm-hmm. all piscean elements so that's on one end. But the, the shadow side of Pisces. So on one, on one side, the, the more creatively affirming side. Is yeah, like, I was going to say, that sounds wonderful. Compassion and yeah. empathy. We're all going to feel like, no, but we're one. I feel it. A wave of empathy traveling around the globe. Mm-hmm. So this union comes um, into being uh, mid-April of this year. But things, like I said, they come together, and that, and that's not a like done and done, and you know I'm out of here. Right, it, it unfolds. <laughs> okay, so what's the shadow kinda, side? So the shadow side yeah. of Pisces. This is where it kind of got me a bit worried in thinking about it. Is that Pisces has also to do with escapism? You know, if you're binge watching Netflix, thank you, Pisces. You know, it's like I'm gonna lose myself in drugs, in alcohol, in movies, in fantasy, reading my gossip magazines, or you know, all anything that takes me away from this mm-hmm. is that that sense of escapism oh, is Piscean. Okay. Now to escape is not necessarily negative, quote unquote, but because sometimes we do need a breather. <laughs> yeah. Um to come back and re-engage with what we're dealing with the problem is that pisces also has a lot to do with delusions and illusions the mirage of things interesting Mm -hmm. so there you have it so that you can and because it's so collective it taps into the collective consciousness pisces is water there's no boundary. And you add Jupiter and Neptune who are both archetypes of expansion, whatever they touch, there's no boundary. So on one hand, yes, we could have some deep spiritual experience that could really take us like I've seen the face of God situation to like, I'm tapped into some crazy mad conspiracy that makes complete sense, but it is cuckoo bananas. Mm, okay. and then you wake up and you're like holy moly what was i thinking
0: mm-hmm.
1: so the the dangers which Je- i feel with jupiter and neptune is because most people i think look at this and think oh, it's going to be spiritual so enlightening i'm gonna totally you know it's gonna rock my world i'm you know and yes it could happen but if you're already not grounded if you're already if your foundations are pretty you know uh vulnerable Mm -hmm. You could be swept up Mm -hmm. by Messiah-like characters or stories that make you feel like you're special. So this conspiracy theories that we've been seeing really pop up like mushroom Mm -hmm. has a lot to do with the fact that Neptune has been traveling through Pisces since 2011. So if you do a little digging around, you know, you can see a proliferation of that since Mm -hmm. 2011 now you had Jupiter coming in and it's like hey baking powder all around and this thing is going to balloon like nothing uh so that's the danger so that's when I was thinking about what C.G. Jung said about mass uh psychosis or he calls it as well the psychic epidemic okay and what yeah what is it so in essence i'm paraphrasing him here Mm -hmm. but he says it's not famine it's not earthquakes it's not cancer but it's men you know humans who are a danger to themselves Mm -hmm. because for the simple fact that there's no adequate protection for psychic epidemics because these can be more devastating than a natural catastrophe If you ever witness or been around a mob mentality moment, that's an example of what can happen. Mm -hmm. So you could either be in an ashram and everybody's sensing the divine force of God. Yeah. Or you could be a bunch of hooligans in a soccer field and get caught in the wave. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Really, mass psychosis—the definition is an epidemic of madness, and it occurs when a large portion of society loses touch with reality and descends into delusions. Yeah. It explains a little bit, for an example, what we saw during Hitler's time
0: mm-hmm. in power. Right? Yeah. He was a
1: messiah-like character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for and last, people drank it up.
0: Last January. We saw that happen yeah. in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I just watched a documentary on the Woodstock that happened, I think in 99. Do you remember hearing oh. about that at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyone who is not understanding what mass psychosis is needs to watch this documentary. I don't know what streaming platform it was on. I think maybe HBO, I don't know. Uh, that was a really visible example in today, you know, more in modern society of how that yeah. can happen for sure. I mean, it, they sure. went, they went crazy. I mean, people were, you know, assaulting each other. Women were getting sexually assaulted. There was people were burning things down, you know, everything down. It just like these normal people, they they were interviewing people who are now, you know, our age, who were young, you know, early twenties back then, And they were like, I can't, I don't understand why I did that. Like, I I can't
1: believe that was me. (laughs)
0: Like, how did I get
1: to a point where I was burning buildings down? So we have this issue because when it comes to, if you looking from the perspective of astrology, Mm -hmm. Pisces is about no ego. Mm. Who are you? We are part of the Borg, you know? The star trek stuff we're part of the collective mm-hmm. and there and and if we we know that we actually are through our education and our culture we don't have really good systems uh within ourselves of understanding critically thinking about something yeah and and, and acknowledging or knowing or differentiating if this thought is mine or is it coming from somewhere i like to think that thoughts ideas they're entities in and of themselves Mm -hmm. they live i mean think about shakespeare wrote his stuff centuries ago we still read it we still do the plays. it is still coming alive we still talk about it yeah his thoughts his ideas he's dead but the the thoughts are still living Mm -hmm. so things come back things have you know i don't think everything incarnates in a human form or in an animal form they can incarnate as an idea as an ideology Interesting. so we're constantly as people in a psychic exchange with one another mm-hmm. but we're in our culture because we poo-poo this whole subject in mostly in large part we are very actually unprotected un, uh, we're not responsible for what we're doing right mm-hmm. So there's a, this, uh, this is a, 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 an, an issue right? that we drink it up. That's why when he, you go into a culture, you go to a different place, you think, oh, what's the thinking here? What's the ideas? And you find yourself adapting to it. All of a sudden you're like, why am I doing this? I never liked this. You know, there you have it. Mm, and go ahead. And the other thing that's also very complicated for our culture that likes things to be Well, a couple of things. When you're going through change in your life, Mm -hmm. but now you transpose this to something big as a collective paradigm shift as we're going. The tendency in human beings is because we live in a a world of duality. So the constant challenge in our world is that we deal with duality and we're constantly going from thesis antithesis synthesis and it keeps transforming back and forth right so things tend to become really black and white Mm
0: -hmm.
1: astrologically speaking has a lot to do with the the union of saturn and pluto that happened in capricorn in the beginning of uh, 2020 these two archetypes are very sort of like it's black and white you're in or you're out Mm -hmm. So we're drinking that water, which makes it really hard for us at any point to hold the center, the tension of these opposites. It's very hard. It's very difficult to not swing to one side or the other and have whiplash. Yeah. So that's already playing out because when change is happening, the tendency is because what wants to be birthed is the third so often we feel this within ourselves. So let's say to play on the whole, you know, early beginning of a year, people are like, I want to get in shape, right? Mm-hmm. There's a part of you that's, that's like, taking that te- team. I'm going to get in shape. The part of you that is, if you will, not in shape is like, wait a second, you're going to demote me. <laughs> <laughs> it creates immediately the, the resistance.
0: Yeah.
1: And you're caught in the middle. You're trying to find a synthesis where you don't destroy all that has been. Mm -hmm. You don't just fully embrace the new, but you have to find some sort of combination where both have to coexist and create a third, Mm -hmm. right? Think about nature here again, a mother and a father, two opposing forces, if you will, the child is going to have the DNA of both of them, not just of one or the other. Nature's already telling us that the synthesis needs to in some way acknowledge all the aspects. So we're dealing collectively with this shift of like, oh, there's really to hold the center, it's complicated. Yeah. We're we're struggling. And it feels and- really heavy when
0: you can realize that that's what you you some of us know that's what they want. Why can't we all just meet in the middle somewhere? Like, why, why, why? It's It's really frustrating, and that's crazy-making to see it happening. It's,
1: but it starts with us. Mm -hmm. So even when, you know, from the beginning of the presidency of Trump, I was saying we have to recognize the inner Trump. Yeah, exactly. And most people were like, "No, no, no, that's not me." I'm like, Mm -hmm. fortunately, we have to recognize what part of us probably will lean. And that's why I was saying, know the conspiracy theory. You would. Know the, the 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 cardinal sin that would be your Achilles heel, mm-hmm. because yeah. I feel like this is when now, to me, I was thinking about this in Brazil when I was feeling the humidity and being like, I don't remember summers being so humid here. And think, <laughs> oh, climate change. But what I was thinking about was our inner work, mm-hmm. how we understand ourselves better and heal the parts of us and acknowledge these different bits of us is not just for us our personal growth it's actually part of the healing of climate change it's the it's the inner weather it's part of the you know I was even saying that doing ancestral work is the inner work that will help climate change that everything is kind of I see it, there's a connection thing so mm-hmm. Part of the delusion in our mass psychosis right now that we're going to see a lot, I think, is this delusion that we believe in large part that, that we should have a simple answer to all the problems. Yeah. That does, it leads to more black and white. But, and you can see this, a, a certain camp in society is fundamentalist. Mm-hmm. And to be fundamentalist is to lack imagination because when you're a fundamentalist, you cannot deal with shades of gray. Yeah. It's it's a sin or it's not a sin, period. Yep. And, and unfortunately, things are more complex than that. And oh, we know this for ourselves. Sometimes yeah. we just feel like I'm going to go on a diet, so I'm going to clean my fridge and take everything out. A little harsh. you know, Yes. For the whole education. Uh, and so I think part of the, the delusion is that we believe that things need to be simple and it's going to be it's there's a certain rigidness and we have we struggle in dealing with the ambivalence Mm -hmm. in ourselves and the only place we can look first is ourselves now the other thing that I, i i think about in terms of the astrology of the year because this is the core theme i feel between Jupiter and Neptune and being in Pisces. These two archetypes have a lot to do as well with anything that, whatever they touch grows, expands. So it could be wonderful. Mm -hmm. You need that when you're baking your cake. But it can also lead to inflation, both economic as well as psychic. And our society is extremely inflated. Yes. I mean, just just scroll through your Instagram Mm -hmm. and it's inflation after another, because we operate under this idea that, which the the ancients hated hubris that, oh, we know what we're doing. No, we don't. (laughs) Nothing that human beings have done was perfect. You know, there was always, oh, (laughs) here's the problem later. Right. Yes. So just, just to give you a sense of perspective the last time jupiter and neptune joined forces was in aquarius back in 2009 okay a lot of things came out of that unit aquarius has a lot to do with technology Mm -hmm. so it was a a lot of seeds happened there it was the in many ways the real birth and expansion of social media oh yeah and apps and Mm -hmm. smartphones and we were like we drank all that like kool-aid uh-huh Right? 12 mm-hmm. years later, we're like, ah, I think I ate too much. Cheetos. Oh my God,
0: you're so right.
1: Yes. We're like, uh, wait a second. Right. Now we're like, oh my God, this thing is tracking me everywhere. Uh-huh. And that Facebook that was wonderful to share pictures of my cats and see my grandchildren. Ooh, not so great. Yeah. So you see what was started as it's like, this is amazing. And, and and in many ways it was. Mm-hmm things get muddled right yeah so in some ways i think human beings are not very good with memory and we're not very good with critical thinking and we can definitely not think long term we're very much already very short term mm-hmm. so i think these are the dangers uh, and i don't want to be sort of the dooms you know person here but i feel like i'm a firm believer that yeah, you can believe in God and divinity, you know, but you gotta tie up your horse. You know, yep. it's like, yes. <laughs> so the inflation aspect of this, yeah. which I think really leads, and we're already seeing it, to a mass psychosis, is this idea that we feel that my private truth, mm-hmm. my opinion mm-hmm. is universal truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, smack it down, butt it. You are one perspective of this, but you're yeah. not it. Yeah, And we're seeing more and more everybody get on their soapbox and being like, well, it's my truth. I'm speaking my truth. And so excuse me. And that's the inflation, you know, yeah. the inflation that I think that I equate my private truth, my opinion as a universal truth. Yeah yes that's what the ancients would call hubris you you mm-hmm. get you you're too big for your breeches here you know yeah. um and that's an inflation because that's transcending our human limit right mm-hmm. we're not staying humble at all and so i think that that's part of the danger as well because it's so interesting that we're seeing so many cases around influencers and and their opinion and what they're bringing, and part of me is like, well, part of the problem is like, why do we make these people influencers to begin with? Right, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know, Joe Rogan's opinion is his opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but unfortunately, the platform is so big, and I feel people have very little critical thinking that they can't watch something with a critical eye and think, hmm, does that sound true? Should I, you know? Just a yeah. case in point of somebody who's very much up in the news right now. Yeah, but- so
0: I have a question on that. It's, uh, I mean, I guess that's part of the inflation is then if someone listens to something or watches something or, or reads something that they then aren't able to use their critical thinking, then they want to cancel people. You know, like this whole canceling thing Is that like a manifestation of inflation as well of people wanting to, you know, shut everyone down if you don't understand, or you can't use your own critical thinking to discern the message?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think it has more to do with the fundamentalist black and white view of things. Yeah, you're right. It's either or, Mm -hmm. and I can't sit down and discuss Yes, and I think people also function a lot of it because of our culture of hashtags. You know, yeah, we want to reduce things that are quite complex uh, down to a hashtag. You're right, and that's not that, that's not doable. These mm-hmm. are problematic, bigger, systemic issues mm-hmm. that are not going to be solved. So I think the cancellation, to me, and granted, I think some people do deserve if you will a big slap on their hand coming come on you know you gotta know you have that much power and you're abusing it Mm -hmm. in in a way i'm not saying i think accountability we do need accountability yeah really understand what it is like sure you have this platform but come on right well yeah i do
0: i agree everybody does need to be accountable i just really don't agree with Even if it's something I don't believe in, or, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't go with my values. I don't think people were, you know, have to be hunted down and, you know, ruined careers and all
1: their things, you know. Yeah, our culture loves a bit of that, right? We like to put them up and then we take them down. Look at what celebrity, it's done to celebrities, Uh right? this reminds me, I know it's an old story, but the minute they start talking about Jen Jennifer Anderson and Brad Pitt as the most amazing couple in Hollywood, I remember thinking, uh oh, the fall is coming. Right. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> the minute it was the best, it was, you know.
0: Oh yeah. And then um, speak of like picking sides. Then when they broke up,
1: you were either pro gen, pro, pro- yeah. you were,
0: yeah, team Jen, team brad. Okay. So all this inflation is happening right
1: now but I also think it's the the fundamentalist element of things Uh, whenever there is a sense of I gotta cancel you is because I cannot deal with the ambiguity uh or the ambivalence or the shades of gray that this comes up for me Mm -hmm. but I also feel in some ways it's a very I'm going to use the word it's not my preferred one but an immature response to where actual true accountability. And uh, maybe, like I said, you do need to be, if you will, sometimes castigated. Mm -hmm. But do you need to be destroyed? Because often I think when you do that, they become martyrs, and they become back later to haunt, Mm -hmm. even if it's not that person per se, but what they stood for. Yeah, right. So sometimes, Study a little medieval history, man. Sometimes you don't kill because they will become saints and you don't <laughs> want that. Um,
0: yeah, or so, well, in fantasy, you know, you know, cut one head off and two grow back. <laughs> exactly.
1: So and okay, that's a so, good image to use.
0: Yeah. So we've got this mass psychosis going on and this inflation in our society and our uh, financial world what other goodies do you, does astrology bring
1: us in 2022? I think understanding cycles in, in, in general gives us a sense of perspective. And I think, mm-hmm. honestly, us regular citizens need to brush up on our history a lot more. We need to understand history, not just for a few decades. We need to see that things have been unfolding for a while. And there's, there's hope in that as well, to understand that we've been there before. Mm-hmm. In in a different way, you know, as Mark Twain apparently said, it does, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. Oh, and I think we need to understand that. So yeah. I do feel that in terms of the astrology of the year, there is a, an emphasis on the signs of Taurus and Scorpio because the lunar nodes have shifted signs and they spent about 18 months in two signs. Mm -hmm. which is what gives us the eclipses and all that okay and so the emphasis has moved from gemini sagittarius where it has been in the last 18 months to taurus scorpio and so there are two nodes the north node is if think about the north node as sort of like our north star like Mm -hmm. this is where we need to aim towards this is what we need to learn the south node is where we we get stuck. And if we stay there, we get stuck. We, it's kind of our unconscious behavior. But if we move towards the north, we learn, we find some gold in the south. Mm-hmm. The north node is in Taurus. The south node is in Scorpio. So think about the negative aspects of Scorpio here. It's like we can kind of hold a grudge. Mm-hmm. We can get vindictive. Yeah. We can get all sort of manipulative and secretive. And uh, normally, when you're looking at the nodes, you, you look at the south node, you, you look more at the more uh, challenging aspects of the sign. Mm-hmm. And then and the north node, you're going to look at what are some of the positives here, if you will, more creatively affirming aspects of the sign that can help me move out of my stuck zone. Mm-hmm. So, the way I see it is like the north node in Taurus is saying, get back to nature get practical get down to your body find your rhythm you know don't get all caught up in you know what the swirls of out there take a breather do breath work you know eat a good meal say you know taste what you're eating uh, taurus has uh, as an earth sign a much more embodied sense of the senses Mm -hmm. and so I feel like a lot of anxiety and this sense of disconnect that we have stems from where we're we're completely thinking from the neck up right and Taurus is like no 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 get to know your rhythm your natural rhythm your body what you eat it's Taurus is like don't tell me to eat this just because it's healthy and it has these many proteins and amino acids. Like, does it taste good? Like, yeah. Does it give me pleasure? Do I enjoy this? You know, uh-huh. or just my eating the cheese puffs, like, you know, I'm not even thinking. Mm-hmm. So Taurus is a sign that as I like to think of signs like this, I like to think of science as a dimension of experience. They have their own way of experiencing things. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to necessarily think about people that you know. But Taurus is a dimension of experience is saying, connect to your rhythm. You're running around. What are you doing? You know, Mm -hmm. sleep when you're tired. Eat when you're hungry. Go up, move your body when you want to move your body. Mm -hmm. Understand that rhythm again, you know. These are important elements that I think could help people slow way down, you know, because Taurus also teaches us about the resources we have, Mm -hmm. you know, it really is like, okay, what do I actually have that I can use and make? So I think one of the ways that we could really honor this is maybe, and people, I think, during the the quarantine and all that, was they're cooking at home, they're understanding where their food from, you know, mm-hmm. being less two dimensional with the screen. I mean, the screen is wonderful, yeah. but it's two dimensional, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that Taurus says, in this moment that I'm living through, what are my five senses picking up? Mm. You know? Yeah. What do I smell? What do I taste? I mean, working with somatic experiencing for trauma, a lot of it comes back to that body, right? Look how your body feels. Where is it in your body? I mean, all the studies around trauma being like, it's in your body. Yeah. Uh, This is Taurus saying, hey, remember, come back to this.
0: Well, and we have all been through a collective trauma in one way, shape or form in the last couple of years yeah so interesting
1: so what scorpio the south node being in scorpio Mm -hmm. uh, the south node also means what do we need to purge eliminate release let Mm -hmm. go and in some ways scorpio is a deeply psychological sign it really hides the secrets it holds the things so if we merge the two if you will Mm -hmm. And we look at it, so we got to do the deep work, that's Scorpio, to understand our, where are we? Like I was saying, what's your original sin that, you know, calls you? What's the, what's your secrets, your dark aspects, your shadow, Mm -hmm. your issues with ancestral healing, Scorpio. So you can become a bit more practical and embodied and back into your rhythm and in connection to nature that is Taurus. The resources are there. right? Yeah um the taboo aspect of things and maybe also i think now honestly it's exhausting but we're all like well we hate you know because i don't like your opinion it's very Mm -hmm. we're all vindictive we're gonna cancel it sounds like scorpio gone wrong yes yeah yeah Yeah, exactly well and and this is taurus is like let's be practical
0: Mm -hmm. so we got these two energies coexisting or they're on opposite ends this
1: is where if you will the dance floor is for the next 18 months okay okay so just to illustrate the last 18 months which was gemini sag Mm -hmm. the south node was in sag the north node was in gemini and gemini was like be curious ask questions do the research Mm -hmm. dig deep have the conversation gemini Sagittarius the shadow side of Sagittarius like I believe this is my truth I'm on my soapbox and that's it <laughs> right so we had a massive it was a lot of talking uh-huh right yeah. a lot of arguments
0: and when did and we make that shift
1: early in change. the year early in um 2021 or or are we making 2022?
0: okay so we're are we still... I have to oh. double
1: check on my ephemers okay. here but yeah
0: okay so we are going into the, uh,
1: now we,
0: we're in the Torbio Taurus, Taurus Torbio dance. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fun. Well, okay. There. But I mean, like you said, you're not, this isn't, this isn't like gloom and doom predicting and quotes you're using astrology to kind of explain what the energy is going to be like and overall and the things that are possible. So I think this is really great information because like you said, it kind of gives us the knowledge, the tools to either go into deeper despair or, or do some more healing and, and get stronger. Uh, What are some ways that people can stay grounded and stable during times like this? Because it does sound a little gloomy. (laughs) I mean, it sounds hopeful. I, I hear the hope.
1: I think there is simpler. hope, but I, I think that, um, I mean, astrology, like with anything, as a system yeah. of thinking and ideas, people are going to respond differently. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have a, your lived experience of it. Yeah. Maybe because I'm a Gemini myself. So I often feel like, well, maybe if I dig around for some more information and learn what other people have done, what other times in history have they mm-hmm. done? How do they have dealt with certain things? I think it actually can give us hope because I think we're very blinded by this moment. Now, I mean, it's the yeah. cliche thing. Every generation thinks that they're they're having the toughest of times. Yes. And, and it's a lack of perspective, right? Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that are very good. To kind of hit on the North Node and Taurus point, I say, go look for what allows you to feel in the moment mm-hmm. in the pleasure of now uh, of, we need to find a bit of joy reconnect with certain joys and maybe we need to start small mm-hmm. you know and get into a rhythm again i think we're very much as a whole culture we're out of our rhythm because the world was going 300 miles an hour and then it was like stepped on the brakes and it was you know pause
0: yeah like we were we're in that hyper wellness
1: (laughs) we were in the hyper
0: wellness (laughs) now now we're going to true grounded wellness
1: (laughs) things i think i think taurus invites us to look to what nature does how does nature really do things because if we strip ourselves out of the technology we have Mm -hmm. they know that we have not evolved very much from the cave times. Yeah, we still have. So we're thinking we're all grand because we can go to the moon, <laughs> but there's still a lot in us that is tied, and connected, and rooted in the seasons and in nature. There's still and parts of our seasons. brain are still more primitive. Still very much. Yeah. So I think we need to look to that. Mm-hmm. Start small. Baby steps, that's very Taurus, you know, step by step, just the consistency. Think about the ox in the farm, you know, it pulls a lot of weight. It can work on for hours, but when it stops, it stops, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: and it rests and then it picks up again. Yeah. So I think we need to perhaps turn off the notifications. We don't have to know all the news because I tell this all the time, look, the news The crime is the same. The Mm -hmm. only thing that really changes is the name of the criminal. So we get really caught up with the name and the who and what, but the bigger theme, the bigger story, it's always the same. Mm -hmm. So I think we can cut ourselves some slack there and not feel like, you know, there's no, and this is the other thing about Neptune, Jupiter in Pisces. The key lesson in Pisces is, uh, and I'll read this quote from, just to close this was a yeah it was an indian mystic from the 15th century kabir das and he said weave in faith and god will find the thread i do feel like this is a core message of pisces neptune and jupiter sometimes mm-hmm. we just got to start weaving yeah get your threads out yeah start doing the work and then the source god whatever it is you take is going to come into that thread mm-hmm Oh, I love that awesome,
0: so that you know that does give me hope i feel I feel more hopeful and I guess just to be aware of all this will help us to maybe we may still slip into the mass psychosis, but it might not it might help us from hold. falling too deep in
1: <laughs> but maybe we need to uh, tell our friends, you know, kind of like if you see me doing this, you gotta intervene,
0: yeah, right exactly. Well, we're all
1: going to have moments like that.
0: Yeah. So before we say goodbye, are you going to be holding any classes this year? What's, what's planned? Do you have anything coming up in the next month or so?
1: I do have classes uh, okay. coming up. I don't have the dates yet. You can go to my website. I have some okay. interesting classes coming up, but I do hold once a month uh, in the on the first Monday of the month, mm-hmm. my moon salons, which okay. are about exploring kind of the astrology of the month sharing experiences and giving us a sense of you know the broad breaststroke of like oh well how can i best approach this and be engaged okay so that's a monthly helpful helpful
0: and then are you going to be doing um some coaching is that still in the works are yes you... so that's what i do okay. coaching i okay. do i
1: make you know astrology mm-hmm. coaching astrological coaching. are you get yeah. are you
0: still working on getting certified though through a Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you're way I mean, overqualified. It, We've talked about this and it'll be in your intro, but um, yeah. I mean,
1: I got a master's in teaching, a master's yeah. in counseling psychology, yeah. but I kind of felt like, oh, why not? I kind of felt like I wanted to kind of go back to school a little bit. So I decided I'm going to, I'm working on my coaching certification. Why nice. not? Why not another few letters after? Why my not? Night?
0: Why not? Awesome. Okay, well, Vanessa, thank you so very much. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at the Dragonfly Mama so we can stay in touch between episodes.